tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink.
It's a very interesting episode because we really get into how these organizations are, are fronts. And animal rights orgs. Well, it, it's animal rights, but it's like if we kind of take a look at like the Red Cross and the ACLU and how they they have these quote unquote mission statements, but they're really just fronts for very powerful people. Have you ever seen those clothing bins that they have those big yellow things and you put clothes in? I did a story once on those exposing those things. The one, the yellow ones, I can't remember their names, but there used to be a lot of them in the south complete bullshit like complete scam is that recycling too like they follow yeah, recycling yeah, trucks some, they yeah. just go to the gar they just go to the dump some and of, just drop them, them out did, yeah right but, so that's it's a really fun interesting idea mary beth was a little nervous at first and then she drops a hammer of the furry gods on us okay <laughs> uh if you want to see me live a lot of great stuff's going on everybody uh okay so i'm gonna keep this short so Basically, I am. I've got my second strike on YouTube. If I get another one by the end, by January first, they're gonna take down the YouTube. Chill, Bill. So, so I'm probably gonna not post there for a very long time. I all of Tim Fall Hat is in fact gone. Now we're getting no traction on YouTube, so it really, I'm not missing anything. Uh, Instagram has in fact. Uh, just I went from about six, seven thousand likes. I'm doing about a hundred now. They have boxed me down. They figured out my game, which was just to post the article with no, basically, no, no, nothing, nothing. Something. So I, I just post the Washington Post, so they can't say anything about it because it's a literally post. They've they've just basically boxed me down. It is almost a waste of time to go on. Tell them where you post your crazy shit at, though. So so. If you go to uh, if you go to uh, Ghost of Tripoli on Instagram or Fat Dragon Pro on Twitter, you'll see a link to my Telegram, which is uh, Tim Fall Hats Only Conspiracies. Right, that's why I'm posting everything now. Join me; it's free to join. Click the link, join, and I'm just everything. This guy sends me, that guy sends me, Eddie Bravo. I throw it all on there. I. I I have to have somewhere as an outlet to fight back. You still posting to chat that same Tripoli too? Yeah, I do chat. I do there. I have to do it more. I mean, I'm basically, listen, if I could, I would just go on samtripoli.com and just chill out there. But I, I, I need to get more, you know, I it just, it's hard to reach everybody. Even though the, the website is murdering it. I'm, I'm, I'm murdering it. It's a great website. Okay. You got everything. You, all my content is on samtripoli.com. You can get tickets to my shows. I have a show in Boise. I have a show in Salt Lake next weekend. Salt Lake is almost sold out. There's less than 20 tickets left. So I would grab them now. Boise is moving quick. Not only am I going to be there, but Crash Daddy's Chris Neff is going to be there and good friend Zane Helberg. Chris Neff's dad passed away. Rest in peace, Mr. Neff. Uh, everyone from the memorials going great to the show, so it should be interesting. We have T-shirts on there, okay? You want to support the show? Grab a T-shirt. You don't have to go to TimFallHatT-shirts.com. Now all you do is go to SamTripley.com and click the banner that says TimFallHatT-shirts.com. You don't have to go to no Chinese sites anymore. Just go to SamTripley.com. Click the link. takes you right to the T-shirt. Great way to support the show. And then finally, as always... Listen, I have a lot of free shows out there. Tim Fall Hat's one of them. Uh, 
We Don't Smoke the Same as Free from Xavier Guerrero. Broken Sim, double banger. Three. It was over three hours. Huge Ooh. double episode. Double banger. Okay. Out. Both parts are out right now. Get it while it's hot, okay? Yeah. You go to Broken Sim. I got Zero is out. That is my spiritual podcast. You know the Unwanted is out. Uh, Conspiracy Social Club uh, with Brian Callen, a.k.a. Deep Waters, a.k.a. Highway to the D Danger Zone, a.k.a. Touchy Subjects. That is all <laughs> available for free. And all we ask is you go on there and punch drunk sports That when occasionally I go drop. All this free content on whatever you want to talk about all right there. People are always like, why are you talking? Why are you doing so many shows? Because I'm a crazy person. I'm cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. So go get that. Now, if you want to support the show, by support the show, support us, okay? Go to rockfin.com. Rockfin.com. All of my bonus content is there, and I'm doing six episodes a week, two from zero, which is my spiritual podcast, Two from Conspiracy Social Club and two from Tinfoil Hat. Doing a lot of AMAs on the Tinfoil Hat, knocking it out. Almost had 200 people watching live, which is Ooh, great. You keep bumping that up. Keep bumping it up. I mean, Rockfin is growing, dude. Rockfin is growing. And you can get We Don't Smoke the Same and every show you could ever want, all for $10. All for $10. Help us help you help us. And anything else, guys? Anything else? No. Guys, this one is a banger. It's a banger. We go hard in the paint. Enjoy it. I enjoyed it. Uh, it flies by. So uh, enjoy this, man, because all of these dog, these animal lovers are shady as shit. Oh, and by the way, uh, Xavier wanted us to say something nice about vegans. Is that what you wanted us yeah, to do? Yeah, just... She, we hated a little bit on vegans today, and we have a lot of vegans. I did. So shout out to you guys. Shout out to vegan friends. You know, to our vegan friends yeah. who say, "Calm down, enjoy the show." Go deep, homeboy. Open your mind. Drink from the fountain. All right, this is gonna be a really interesting uh, episode because it's kind of out of the norm that we're gonna do, and. You know, uh, I know this is going to just open the floodgates, but this uh, guest it hit me up an email and she's like, I would like to talk about this because I don't think anyone talks about it. And anytime you can kind of bring in a new topic that we haven't talked about before, I always find that fun. And I'm really into this topic because I think there's a lot of fraud in the world of, of, of charities and, and uh, advocacy groups and watch groups and watchdog groups uh so i'm very excited she is a uh, a winner of many medals in, in the world of uh, uh dogs and, and pageantries and just all around greatness she i'm so excited to have her on we were talking a little before the show and we're all ready to rock this please welcome to the show mary beth constante Hey guys. Hi Mary, how are you? Can I call I'm you Mary or Mary Beth? What would you Mary Beth or MB? That's MB, fine. love it. MB works. MB, thank you for joining us on the show. Are you uh, kidding? This is awesome. This is my pleasure. This is an honor. Well, it's an honor to have you on, and I'm very thankful that you hit us up. Uh, you know, I do get help a lot, and I try to get uh, as many people. If if it's a very interesting, coherent email, I try to go. Okay, where would it be best on the show? And 
everybody, you know, uh, I try to get as many as I can on. But your your email was very interesting to me, you know, because one, I I, I love animals, and so. Before we get into it, Mary, okay, so basically, Mary, Mary emailed me about how, like, there's a lot of these, like, what we'll call animal rights groups that aren't on the up and up, which I've always found uh, to be very interesting in the, because in the world of charities, like, as a comedian, you're always doing charities, and you're always like, where's this money going to? Does it ever lead to anything? Does it ever help anybody? Um, before we get too much into it, Mary, for those who may not be familiar with the MB, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, that would be everybody. Nobody <laughs> is familiar with me. Well, I'm familiar with you, and we love you. <laughs> Uh, my name is Mary Beth. I'm 43 years old. I'm current resident of Tampa, Florida. And I know it's not anything to brag about, but I am a lifelong resident of Florida. But um, uh, I've got interested in this topic um, very unexpectedly through a very synchronistic way. And uh, it just it just drew me in and I just had to go just dig down the rabbit hole because it couldn't affect it just me personally, which it did in a very profound and negative way. But I just saw that it it just branches out to anything that is related to animals. And so it's so relatable to anybody. So you don't have to be a professional that works with animals like, like I am. You just be a pet owner. It still applies to you. You don't need to be a big rancher out in Utah. I mean, if, if you have a goldfish, this still applies to you. It's, it's universal almost because pet ownership here is a very popular thing, obviously. So... I totally it's, agree it's, with you. Yeah. Guys, today's episode is brought to you by our good friends at Super Speciosa, okay? The makers of the finest Kratom products in America, aka the Super Leafs that the feds tried to ban. They tried, but guess what? No go, okay? Because America said, not today, not today. They tried to ban because they wanted to make you think that this super leaf is bad for you. No, 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 no. You know what the real truth is? Is that it was big farm okay yes big pharmaceuticals want you to think that the super leaf isn't good for you okay if you haven't heard kratom yet it means the government conspiracy is working okay the feds have been working tirelessly to ban this all natural supplement used to manage pain anxiety and relieve stress okay just think about it why would they want people having the ability to take one product that has so many benefits when big pharmaceuticals can profit by hooking on multiple expensive prescription Drugs, wake up, America, wake up, okay? Plus, depending on the strain and the serving size, Kratom gives you all the energy you could ask for, okay? This explains why so many people use it for a pre-workout supplement. XG does it all the time. They're sold out of my favorite one. Yeah, okay? This guy can't stop shredding out and getting on that super leaf, dude. When the DA tried to ban Kratom, they failed. They were forced to back off after millions of people, myself included, okay, protest in support of Kratom's many, many benefits, okay? Listen, man, don't let the government and Big Farm spread false lies about the super leaf, okay? Super Specioso Osha. Super Specioso. Okay. Say it one more time with me, Johnny. Say it with me. Super Speciosha. There we go. Offers the purest, highest quality, and highest strength Kratom on the market. So right now, they're offering 20% off if you use the promo code SAM. S-A-M. So try it. So give it a try. 
when you get when you get a chance, just go to get superleaf.com slash S-A-M to get 20% off your entire order. Okay. And if you're not completely satisfied, no problem. Super Speciosa Kratom is backed by a money-back guarantee. Go get go to getsuperleaf.com slash Sam promo code Sam for 20% off. These products and statements have not been evaluated by the FDA and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or illness. One thing I want to say is like, even if you don't own pets, and I don't know a lot of people that don't own pets. I, Johnny, you don't own a pet right now. I don't want to know those people. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah, my, I live with my girlfriend. She's got two cats. Okay, two cats. But I'm a dog person. I always had dogs growing and up. And Johnny lives, lived in a ranch, so he's he's all yeah. about And you animals. have a dog And now? I have a dog, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I have two dogs. One is uh, just... Uh, just a bundle of crystal meth. This, <laughs> my dog back home died a couple like last year. Shout out to Roger. Oh, I'm sorry, Johnny. I'm sorry. But but the reason I think this is a very timely discussion because we'll get into the Dr. Fauci stuff. But I also want to say that again, I don't think this is just an animals right thing. I think this is a real discussion of like our blatant trust in charities and advocacy mm -hmm. groups and mm -hmm. when we don't really go okay donate this money is there going to be a follow-up on it like what has happened like when you do a change.org or a gofundme you'll usually get an email back about you know hey the guy paid his bills he's out of the hospital thank you or hey this you know we got enough signatures they're gonna let us have this hearing or stuff like that but a lot of stuff you you just kind of give because one, you want to help others, which is, you know, abundance. You want to practice abundance in your life. So you want to help people and help others. And two, it's like, you know, you like feel guilty that you got really good and you want to kind of let other people live a, a good life. So you just give it and then you never kind of think back to what did, what did I just give to? How did I, did I actually help anybody? And a great example of this is you, the breast cancer awareness in the NFL. Have you ever heard these stories of what goes on with that? Mm -hmm. So basically, like, and, and I, I don't know the exact percentage, so, you know, uh, allegedly, I'll say before it, is that, like, of, of the money raised in the, in the, in the NFL's, uh, you know, uh, breast cancer awareness, I would have to say, like, like it's less than, I, I'm going to be gracious here and say, like, less than 15% of the money actually goes. I actually think it's lower, but I don't want to say a number... That could be completely way off, but I think it's like way lower than that. And the rest is what? Just going to salaries of executives and shit like salaries that? Salaries of no. executives. And it's overhead. just overhead and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And like you go into like the Red Cross and all these other organizations, which are like the, the, the brand of like helping others, humanitarian. And like none of the money goes to who you donated to. None of it. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that's happening here with these animal rights. So that's kind of... The angle that really interests me is like, okay, you're trying to help animals. Like, are you really helping animals? Or are you just creating a, 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 a business for yourself to pay your bills? And like my dad said when I was very young, never hate a person for making a dollar. But when you present it as an, a charity event or, or, or a charity that's going to help these people, you would think most of it was going to go to those people. But I'm learning more and more, it is not. 
And the reason I'm very excited about this show, Mary, is, and we'll get probably into a little later, but, you know, Dr. Fauci has, you know, been accused of some pretty horrific things. And in, in particular is drugging dogs, taking out their vocal cords so they can't yelp, and just letting their faces get eaten by these bugs. And PETA's silent. We don't hear one thing from people because they are vaccinated. They're all vaccinated. <laughs> okay. now they, they did. They did come out with something earlier this week, though. Um, they want to change the phrase, you know, baseball. I don't know if you're familiar with the sport, if you're listening. But, um, you know, where the pitchers warm up, it's called the bullpen. Oh, that is that is that's not any that's not what Peter wants. They want to change it to the arm pen. They want to take the. The animal part oh. out so, of it. Because so it's hurting feelings. made a statement this week, but it had nothing to do with the beagles being It's hurting the bulls' feelings. <laughs> the, bulls the bulls have traumatic people. memories around bullfighting, and yeah. they don't want to hear about that anymore, yeah. okay? Yeah, except for the bulls who are in bullfighting because they're dead. <laughs> it's, so <laughs> it's, it's so dumb. And it's just, you know, it's like when this thing with Jesse Ventura came out on Theo Vaughn's podcast, and everybody's going, what happened to this guy? It's like... I, and I, I'm going to give Jesse Ventura a, a little bit of um, a, a little bit of leeway because I do think he's getting super old, so he may not have all the faculties there to yeah. to do it. But you know, he, he's basically saying that January 6th is a bad thing, and that uh, you know that you got to get vaccinated. Even though he has an episode they did 12 years ago about uh, a woman going, there will be a vaccine mandate, that, and that's going to lead to social credit score in China, and that's why I'm leaving. And he's like, oh, I got amazing stuff. Right. <laughs> it's like, do you write Stevie Wonder off because he wrote, I just called to say I love you? You know, I mean, he had all these great records, and then he did that. Do you cut him off? Or are you like, he was a great guy. He got a lot of things right back then. He's getting old. Oh, yeah, I think you're uh, right. But hold on. Are you saying that I just called and said it I love sucks. you? Yeah. It's a bad song. <laughs> yeah, that's such a cheesy okay, song. Okay, Mary, we got to let you go right now. We have another <laughs> yeah. controversy on the show. No, but Mary. So, you know what I mean, though. Yeah. So, Mary, so where do you want to begin? Um, well, I want to um, start with um, defining two very um, important terms that delineates the difference between these types of organizations. Because a lot of people use them synonymously and think they're one and the same, or they use them incorrectly and thinking it's something it's not. So I really wanted to start by um, pointing out the differences between animal welfare and animal rights, because they are two very different things. Okay. So when uh, we're talking about animal welfare, animal welfare is, in, is endorsing the responsible use of animals for like human needs. So for companionship or for sport, or for food or for clothing or, or for medical research, because yeah, we do need to conduct medical research, but it needs to be done so in the most humane manner. So um, also for animal welfare, we're talking about um, the practice of animal husbandry. Um, we're making sure that all of the needs, the basic needs of these animals are met. So that, you know, in terms of food and shelter, veterinary care, minimizing stress on the animals. That's what animal welfare is. I, I agree with all that stuff, and I think that's not too much to ask for. You know, I just think it's like, you know, what, regardless of where you think animals are in the hierarchy of, you know, importance, they, they have feelings, and they are living, and people who treat animals like shit tend to treat people like shit. 
right? I mean, we see it with like serial killers. They, they hurt animals at a very young age and they go on to hurt people. And, you know, that's why I'm like, I think dog fighting is like, should be a, 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 a lot of time in, in jail. I'm sorry, man. I, you know, I think jail should be for stealing violence, but dog fighting to me is violence. And I, if I hear another person tell me it's a fucking cultural thing, I'm going to lose my skull. You know what? Racism was a cultural thing. I'm with you. Yeah. Right? It's just like animals killing themselves and, fu- and hurting themselves for your pleasure is not a cultural thing. Okay? It's just not. And I'm just overhearing it. And it's just an, it's another thing done to tell people from the outside your group that they can't tell you what to do. Even though many people, I think are we become better people by people on the outside influencing our behaviors. It's like my friend Scott said, why men in prison are so violent? Because there's no women to counter that actions. It's just men, 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 men. There's not women there to, to use their female ways, Jedi mind tricks, to uh, have teach men a gentler way to go. And that's it with culture, too. If you're dogfighting, you're a scumbag. If you're going on Craigslist and grabbing pets, acting like you're going to adopt them, and you're using them as bait dogs, there's a special place in a lower dimension for you. Because dogs want to love you. Yep. And I also feel like that for like homeless people that use dogs to make money. I've try to buy a dog off a of homeless and they wouldn't let me so hold on so like this guy was asking for money in this small little dog and i was like how much you want for it? i'll give you 200 bucks for it he's like no oh. it's his money grab because you feel bad for the dog so oh, you're like that's, I, I, I mean, that's my bit it's huh? a, it's a bit about that like i feel worse for the dog the homeless person's dog than the homeless person the dog is like when are we going home yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it just wants to go home someone's willing to buy it take it off his hands because i mean they don't got to feed it yeah but sometimes they need those dogs to to survive it's like i i was at the dead concert and these it's a norm joke which is i i watched you know and i'm walking polyan there's some nasty dogs in that that traveling circus of because it can get dangerous and you need these dogs to protect you right yeah Sorry, the norm joke is this is the longest walk in the world. <laughs> <You've got> the <laughs> dog's just like, when is this over? Mary, back to you. I will shut up now. So we have welfare, and, and what is the other one? Well, I mean, the welfare sounded pretty simple and straightforward and very reasonable. Right. I, everybody can agree on all of that. But then a lot of people say that that they support animal rights, and they think that's what I was just speaking about. And that's not it at all. What animal rights is... It's, it's based on emotion. It's not based on facts or science. And they advocate that animals are equal to humans. That's the huge difference right there. Ah, now so that's I'm what under- I mean by the animals should have rights, just like you and me. So, so there's people who think, like, I've always said this. I'm like, California is about five years away from dogs voting. Like, the, the way they treat <laughs> And I'm a huge dog person. You know, Me too. yeah. I mean, I, I, to the point where if you saw how I sleep on my bed, Dude. I get this much of the bed, and the dogs get that much of the bed. We got a van, not because I was going to be in a tight spot oh. on the way to Vegas. It was because the dogs needed more space. <laughs> the dogs needed more space. <laughs> 
there are people out there who think pe- owning a pet is slavery. I mean, that, um, that's yeah. PETA. You know, they yeah, don't want we're going to get into that. And today. I think I think that's that's what we're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah we're talking about people who yeah. see animals as equals to to human beings. Now, people. I have a weird thing about that. Like, I I don't obviously a human life is a very important and an animal life is very important i mean if you had to choose i mean it's a pretty easy choice right not to vegans <laughs> yeah not the vegans but for me it's just also that doesn't mean that animals are disposable in my humble opinion correct and that's where welfare comes in yes yeah, so you're because I, I, animal rights is rejecting the use of all animals regardless of how humane their treatment is and they also are advocating for the complete and total liberation of all animals, so no ownership, because if they're equal to us, we cannot own them. It's akin to slavery, like like they said earlier. So these are the motherfuckers who are, like, busting lobsters out Red Lobster, right? Yeah. Is that what they're doing? They're, like, yes, going the in there, grabbing ones, yes. them, throwing them on the yes. streets. The, 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 mil- like- the more militant factions of these organizations. But I just really wanted to point out, because a lot of people use them interchangeably, you know, I was like, yeah, I think animals should have rights. And then what they're talking about is like, they should have food and shelter and veterinary care. And you're like, that's animal welfare. It's not animal rights. You don't think that you are on the same level as uh, a goat. So that's that's a completely different thing. And I think people um, therefore confuse the different organizations that they support and contribute to or even advocate. They don't understand those organizations values or their agendas because they don't know the difference between welfare and rights. Okay. And you know, yeah, I think that's kind of like when it comes to any uh, group, the, the, there's always that fringe that's out in cuckoo land that defines the group. Right. I mean, it's never the majority that everyone talks about. It is this small group. Of crazy people, you know, and it's like when you talk about Christians, you start talking about the, you know, Westboro Baptist Church. That's what, oh, they hate the gay. It's like, no, that's just a small group. And is that even real? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. No, no, I would tell you that so much is, I mean, like we're getting into PETA right now. Like if PETA's real, why aren't they talking about Fauci? Because I, I mean, dude, it's so elaborate. They're on the payroll. Dude. Everybody's on the payroll. And they're and they're, what they are there to do is to to hijack the movement and to make people look a certain way to outsiders, right? It's like Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton. What they do to the black community, they drove them into this kind of like thing where it's like you couldn't criticize them, you couldn't do anything. All the while. Jesse Jackson basically dragged Martin Luther King to that hotel. Openly admits it. Still is giving speeches. Guys, I want to tell you about our friends at Talk Space. Guys, Talk Space. They're one of the leaders in this new form of therapy, guys. Mental health is super important. And a lot of people are like kind of like, like scared to get involved with it, you know? 
And me- your mental health is very important. And meeting with a therapist to work on your mental health is just as helpful as meeting with a personal trainer to work out on your physical health, okay? And it has a positive impact on all your life and could be life-changing, okay? Talkspace makes it possible to speak with a licensed therapist right from your phone, tablet, or computer, okay? Unlike traditional therapies, you you can message your therapist anytime, text, video, voice. It's 100% secure and stigma-free. The way that therapy should be okay i know i know i i get a little weirded out about it at first but man i'm telling you you know what's great about therapists it's like you get to talk about you how many times you start talking yeah, to yeah, a therapist right. <laughs> and then whoever you're how many times you get to talk to a friend and then it just becomes you're hearing their problems yeah. oh they're trying to up, one up you yeah oh i got it even worse you're like i yeah. want to hear therapists are great because you just get to talk Talk, 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 and they have to listen. And you know they've heard far worse than what you're yeah. bringing to Right, them. right, right. Talk space, your privacy is secure, and it's their number one priority. The app puts you in a private room just with you and your therapist. Send messages 24-7 and get replies throughout the day. No need to wait for weekly appointments, okay? Talkspace encrypted is encrypted and adds security features that keep your conversations fully protected no more excuses okay nothing you can go do it get personal personal help isn't weird anymore it's smart okay and here's what i want you to do join talk space today and start moving forward with a single message okay join talk space and that's all you gotta do just join talkspace.com and get a hundred dollars off your first month when you use the promo code Tinfall at sign up. That's $100 off at talkspace.com. Promo code Tinfoil. Get help, guys. So, so we have we have we have rights versus welfare. Correct. So, let's get into how these groups are different. So, an animal rights group versus an animal welfare group. Okay, so here's the huge difference. If you sit there and you look at the mission statements of animal welfare groups, they're talking about what they promote, what they want. And if you're reading the mission statements of animal rights groups, they're talking about what they want to remove or get rid of. It's a very different context. So like, we'll talk about like um, animal welfare groups such as like NIA, they're the National Animal Interest Alliance. I, I, these are these are groups that I personally like. So they're promoting the welfare of animals to strengthen the bond between humans and animals. They want to safeguard the rights of responsible animal owners. So they want to protect your rights to own and work with animals in a humane way. And they want to, um, you know, they want to create a sound public policies and stuff like that. And then you, the another group is the, the Calvary group. So this is another animal uh, welfare group, which another group I really, really enjoy. So they're protecting and they're advancing your constitutional and property rights of law abiding animal um, ownership. So that's, they're promoting these things. They're protecting these things. This is the, what they want. And then you, you look at groups like, um, you look at groups like PETA and they're like, we want to get an, rid of animal cruelty and, and all animal use and, and, and no animal ownership. And you look at groups like the ASPCA, it's the society for prevention of cruelty to animals. They want to get rid of cruelty. They're not talking about what they want to promote. They don't want to like, we don't want more of this. We want less of that. Ah, it, it is abundance versus scarcity. There you go. There we go. Now, before we move forward, 
because uh, I want to stay on, uh, I want to get back to the subject, but this stuff <laughs> seems very passionate to you. Like, do you have a history with animals? Is there something that <laughs> happened? Yeah, um, I do. I, um, uh, like four years ago, um, I was looking to get my first dog. I love dogs and I've always Your owned first dogs dog? when I was younger. My first dog at like 40 or 38, you know, or 39. Um, but I wanted to make sure that I was in a financially, you know, um, stable and I was able to provide and take care of this dog and, you know, as, and I was like, I felt like me and my husband were like, he had just graduated from school. He got a great job. Everything's kind of stable. I have a, a regular job. He's got a regular job. Like, all right, let's get a dog. Like, we can do this now. You know, I'm not driving him to school in the mornings and then I go and work two jobs and all that crazy stuff. So um, we lived in an apartment at the time. And so um, we were doing research on what, what type of breed would be most suitable for an apartment. And I like bigger dogs, nothing against smaller dogs. I just, I always grew up with larger dogs. That's what I prefer. And I saw that greyhounds actually make great apartment dogs. Really? The fact that they're large. Yes. Um, they're very quiet. They sleep 18 hours a day. Um, they don't shed a lot. They don't, they don't stink. They, they don't have any like body fat or fur to hold like any oils or dander. So they don't stink. And they're, um, they're just the very agreeable dogs. They're very calm. They're very, I know they're very fast. They are the fastest breed of dog. But despite all that, they just lay around the house all day, pretty much like a cat. I was like, well, this is, this seems to work. <laughs> so, I mean, they're basically like giant cats. They barely pass as dogs in all fairness. So and once they get off the leash, they're gone. You're like, I'll, yes, I, I'll never see you again. Yeah, zero to 45 in uh, three seconds. Damn. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's explosive and it it never gets old. Every time I see a greyhound run, it's like wow, I'm surprised by it to this day, even though I have three. So um, I ended up um, I wanted I found a, a greyhound adoption group in my area, and there's there were a few, and I reached out, put in an application for a dog, and they wanted uh, it was so many pages, which you know that's fine, you know they want my information, my husband's information, just you know they want to make they're, they're vetting the potential adopter, which is perfectly acceptable. And um, they wanted references though, and it just went on and on. And we were just playing phone tag and email tag. And it was just, it was dragging out. And at the time I worked at a restaurant that was dog friendly. And um, a woman came in with the Greyhound. And I said, um, hi, can I say hi to your dog? And she said, yes. And I said, um, I'm in the middle of a, adopting a Greyhound from this particular group. Um, and she says, oh, well, I run another Greyhound adoption group. So um, if you have any questions, once you get your dog, um, feel free to call or email me. And she gave me her card. So I, I petted the dog and I, I said, thank you. And I was, but I had to go because I was working and it wasn't in my section, but I still had to go say <laughs> hi to this dog. And so, um, and like another week or so goes by with this other adoption group and I'm not getting anywhere and I'm getting frustrated because this is my first dog. I, I really, I was like, I waited all this time to adopt a dog and I just wanted to be the, as responsible as possible about it. And here I am just getting the run around. Like, do you want to adopt this dog out or not? <laughs> and so I ended up um, emailing her. I was like, look, I don't know if you remember me, but you came into my restaurant like a week ago with the dog and I'm not getting anywhere with this adoption group. Can I um, put in an application through your group? And she said, um, absolutely. And she goes, as a matter of fact, the dog I brought that day is available for adoption. Whoa. I was there to meet a potential adopter and she ended up changing her mind. And I said, I'll take that dog. 
And so I put in an application and, and, you know, a couple of weeks later, she's in my home. Boom. That's, that's so, boom. Like it doesn't get any more synchronistic than that. So, you know, at first I was so frustrated. I was like, oh man. And then just fell into my lap in the most, you know, synchronistic way. So, I mean, obviously that's fate, right? I mean, yeah. how can you possibly argue that? I mean, I don't, I can't explain that. Uh, people um, anyways, say um, you don't uh, pick your dog. Your dog picks you. A hundred percent. Yes, exactly. I didn't want to force anything. That's why I wasn't really pushing this adoption group. You know, I'm like, okay, well, you know, they're looking out for the best interest of this dog. So I don't want to seem pushy, but, um, anyways, um, once I got the dog, um, you know, they check on you the first couple of days, how they, and the dog was fantastic. I was ready for like this, you know, when you bring a new dog home, there's always uncertainties and the dog is pissing all over the place. Right. I was ready for messes. I was ready for, you know, anything. And she did none of that. I was like, I think I got like a dog with a cheat code or something. Like this dog is <laughs> awesome. Like this is the greatest dog ever. And um, obviously it's an adoption group. So they do, they, you know, they do events to fundraise and to, um, they do like public events so people can meet adoptable dogs and they can educate people about the breed. And um, the cool thing about this particular group is that they do all types of events. So some adoption groups will just like stand out in front of a pet store and that's what they do. Like once a month, they go to this one pet store every month, but this group does like car shows. They do farmers markets. They do um, tattoo conventions. They do like Renaissance festivals. They do all types of events. Um, so I started to volunteer for them. So I went to what they're called meet and greets. So you, you, you know, you set up a booth and, you um, have the dogs out there and people come and say hi to the dogs and donate or ask questions or whatever. So I started to volunteer with them and they, they were really cool people and they're really nice. I know it sounds like I'm getting into a cult, right? No, I love it, dude. I love this. So like, now that I'm talking about it, I'm like, oh my God, am I in a cult? Anyway, um, <laughs> just... <laughs> this just got a little weird there. Um, anyway, so they're really nice people. They're love bombing me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All the stuff that you hear about cults. Um, like, you're doing great, you know. <laughs> but, um, you know, you, you meet the other volunteers and you become friends and you, you do these events, like, all the time. And it's, uh, oh, my gosh, now it sounds like a, <laughs> it really does sound like a cult. Hey, I'm in recovery. <laughs> I, everyone thinks that's a cult. It's not. It's, <laughs> You're in a cocoon of love, man. It's all good. Oh my gosh, I know, right? It's like the, um, was it the, I forget the, whatever, the high, like pressure, high commitment group or whatever. Listen, like we're that. social not, you're animals. A volunteer. You're a volunteer. No, you're a volunteer, but um, it was fun. I mean, I had, it was, it was like a new thing for me. I was like, this is fun. And so obviously with an adoption group, you have the opportunity to foster. And so um i'm like great yeah i can i have room in my house at this point we had moved to a house i have room i can definitely take on a foster well i have retired racers so those come from the dog track so in order to get a foster you got to go to the dog track to get the dog that's where it's coming from and at that point in time i had no care or interest or position on greyhound racing even though it's very prevalent in the state of florida or was we'll get to that um but we have um a track in our area it's derby lane it's like the oldest track in the country and so in order to go get the dogs um you have to go into the kennels and in order to get into the kennels you need a kennel license because it's state regulated and there's um security 24 7 so you just can't go and walk into the kennel area 
um, to where the kennel compounds. So um, I went to the track, and then they have um, they have some sort of like sheriff's office or law enforcement office of some kind there because there's gambling involved and there's state regulation involved. So you go and you get your background check and all that good stuff, and you apply for a kennel license. And if you pass your background check, you'll get your kennel license, and then you can go back into the kennel. So obviously, I'm like, oh, okay, this is cool. Now I'm going to go get a dog. So I went with, you know, the lady that runs our adoption group. And, um, you know, you meet the trainers, you go into the kennels and you see them for yourself. You know, they're not hiding anything like, hey, you stand outside and I'll bring you the dog. They're right, like, yeah, right, come on right, in. Right. You know, they, they don't care. They're used to it. It's, it's routine. The dog's retired. Adoption groups pick them up. That's just how it works. And so um, you become friends with the, the trainers and stuff. And since you have the kennel pass or the kennel um, license, you can go back there pretty much whenever you want. So, you know, like, hey, um, can you come help me? Um, you want to come hang out or you want to come help me, like, pick up dogs after races? Like, yeah, sure, that sounds like that sounds like fun. And so you start getting involved in the, um, the racing aspect of it. And I saw nothing wrong with it. Like, this all looks well and good like the dogs are treated well the kennels are very clean like this is all regulated <laughs> like the dogs are happy the dogs are clean the dogs are in fantastic shape they are just like ripped you know and it's like dogs. The, the people the all the people are really nice i'm like so i i never really got the negative aspect unless i was at a meet and greet where the general public comes up and like oh my god thank you for rescuing those poor dogs I'm just like, what? What are you talking about? These dogs. So that's the big thing about Greyhound adoptions. We don't call them rescues because that implies that we. They're retirees. They're retired racers. They're retired (laughs) athletes. That's all it is. We're not saving them from anything. Like, oh, my God, come here, you poor thing. Come with me. Yeah, you're not getting them out of China in these meat markets. (laughs) We'll talk about that. Oh, snaps. Oh, I'm going to disappoint you so hard. Um, No, don't. Spoiler alert, but you're going to be so disappointed. Anyway, um. So, I mean, um, once I got to know some of the trainers and staff there, um, one of the, the kennels that we worked with, um, his son was going out of town because kennels are family owned and operated. So a lot of times you'll have like a husband and wife and multiple generations work in a kennel. And so um, the one guy, his son was going out of town for a week. He's like, hey, can you come in and help me for a week in the kennel? I was like, I'd love to. That's That sounds awesome. So for a week, you know, up at 430 at the kennel yeah. at 6 a.m. and doing all the chores that you do to take care of a, a racing greyhound kennel. And it was amazing. I'm like, this is the greatest job in the world. <laughs> like, I was like waiting tables. I'm like, this is awesome. I'm like, would you rather deal with dogs or people? Like, this is so <laughs> awesome. And so I just fell in love with this line of work. Like, I'm 43. I've never had like Oh, I know what I want to be when I grow up. Like, I'm going to be a lawyer or I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a teacher. Like, I never had that inclination. And this was just like, all of a sudden, it's like, it just, and it just struck a chord with me. You know, I was like, oh my God, this is, I love this line of work. It's, you're not like in an office all day. No offense to office workers, if that's your thing. But it's like, you're doing, it's dirty work. It's hard work. You're sweaty. You're covered in dog hair. It's like, but it's, it's good, honest work. It's I know a, a lot passion of, project. It's a, it is. It's a, it's a labor of love. It is, it is very hard work to take care of. Um, there's usually around 65, 70 Whoa. dogs in a kennel. Holy it's a lot shit. Of, it's a lot of work. And so um, I know a lot of people have a lot of um, 
beliefs and <laughs> about what how greyhound racing works and we can talk about that and i would love to talk about that because that talks about animal rights versus animal welfare <laughs> their lies and propaganda versus hey, what actually happens um but yeah i just fell in love with it and ended up um picking up work at another kennel so i was working basically for two seven days a week i'm like this is the greatest i have the greatest job in the world this is awesome like literally people who own retired racers like out of state support racing and they and um, they follow it and stuff like that. And some of them will come down on vacation. And if they know trainers, they'll spend their vacation in the kennel. People take their vacations to do my job. Like, who, who, what other, what other job has that? Dude, that's you know, great. like, oh, you know, Su- Susan and Mike are coming in and they're going to come, you know, stay for a week and help out the kennel. I'm like, cool, free labor, you know? <laughs> but they love, they, they just wanted to get in the kennel with the dogs and work with them because it's so amazing. But they're so enthusiastic. I'm like, you want to go out in the pen and scoop poop? They're like, yeah. I'm like, have at it, you know? Eat your heart out. Go nuts, you know? Don't. And they would just be out there just like scooping up poop. You're like, and they're just so happy to be there. I'm like, I'm that way too, you know? In the rain, 11 o'clock at night on a Saturday night, in the pouring rain, just scooping up poop in this turnout pen. And you look at the kennel next to you, and they're doing the exact same thing. And I remember the one I looked over at him, um, at the kennel next door. Um, and I was like, what a great way to spend a Saturday night, huh? And he's like, yeah, I wouldn't be spending it any other way. I was like, I don't know. We could be at a bar. We could be at a club. <laughs> but here we are in the pouring rain scooping up poop, you know, 1130. Living the on life. A Saturday night. You know, but it's, it, I loved it. It was like the greatest thing. So, um, yeah, that's my um, background. <sighs> Very long background. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. Hold on. So, so yeah, this, that's my background. So yeah, I, I I worked with you know in racing kennels for two of them. So I had firsthand experience of how the racing industry and adoption because I was on both sides. I was still volunteering for adoption. You know, I'm still doing both. So I had firsthand knowledge and experience of how they both actually work as opposed to what animal rights i'm waiting for the train. shoe to drop on this story because you're like this is the greatest thing ever i'm like and then it's the greatest you thing saw ever how the oh my hot god dogs it was are made. the greatest thing ever <laughs> i mean the one dog i i had she was so great i was like well um i, I would like to get a litter mate because she's so cool so i, I was you know you, just, you can look up the litters you can look up every dog online there's a database it's free to the public you can search it but it gives you your your dog's entire pedigree and a lot of times these pedigrees go back to like 1780, like 200 plus year pedigrees on these dogs. Oh my it's God. It's incredible. Whoa. Yeah. They're, they're very well, very well bred dogs. They're, it's the cream of the crop. Like they're um, incredibly amazing dogs. They're the world's greatest canine athletes. These dogs are incredible. So um, you get their whole history and you start to learn about the different lines. And there's, you know, there's a, there's actually a Greyhound Hall of Fame. What? You know? <laughs> There is. There's a Greyhound Hall of Fame, and it is in Abilene, Kansas. So it honors the the best racers of the sport throughout, you know, the decades. Hall of so, Fame. They're um, always in like random cities. Yeah, you know that? right. Why is it in Kansas yeah. City? No. Only way to Why get people in there. Kansas. Yeah. Um, probably because that's where the National Greyhound Association is. So that is the um, the governing body of greyhound racing in the United States. So why now, is the NGA in Kansas in Abilene, Kansas? 
now Busy, do, but there's a lot of greyhound farms there too. So do greyhound racing and greyhound buses get along, or is there like some weirdness? Um, I'm, the buses move much slower, so no, <laughs> the buses are too slow. MB with the jokes, I love it. So, so there is a shoe that drops. And yes. it's kind of why so, um, I I am doing my dream job. This is amazing. Like who who gets to say that they love their job, that they look forward to going to work every day, even though the hours are bananas and um, you know, the conditions are tough, you know, for the people, not the dogs. I would rather be one of the dogs any day of the week, but um, like we're their servants, honestly. <laughs> that's They're that's running, how it yeah. really is, taking care of their every need. You know, they're in there snoozing and I'm outside in 98 degree weather scooping up poop. Like, which one would you rather be? What percentage so, of your job is scooping <laughs> up poop? We used to joke that the kennel license that you have is a state license to scoop up poop. That's honestly <laughs> all it is. Because, uh, you know, you have 65 to 70 dogs in a kennel and they go out like five times a day. So damn. you do the math. <laughs> it's 300 shits a day. 300 shit. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, up to, up to 300 shit today. That's a lot so, of shit. So, um, there's a little factoid for you. Uh, fun facts with MB. Uh, That's right. So, so, yeah, here's the shoe that drops. So, um, along comes the um, 2008 midterms here in Florida. And so, animal rights groups have, want nothing to do, not, want nothing more than to get rid of Greyhound Racing in Florida. Because we have, what is their the time, argument? 13 tracks. What is and that was argument? the most tracks. Uh, like tr Florida had more tracks than the rest of this, the country combined. So if they can take down Whoa. Florida, then it's just going to be a domino effect after that. And they've been trying to get rid of Greyhound Racing in Florida for a very long time. And they've tried it at many different ways, um, trying to come in at an, an animal welfare uh, rights angle where, like, they talk about the mistreatment of the dogs, oh, okay. thinking they could get at that. But then they decided to go at it from a different angle, which has been working for them, which is to get rid of the gambling aspect of the sport. So they outlaw oh. the wagering of the dogs. You can still race them, but you can no longer wager on them. What so is the, the angle that they want? It just makes no sense. It makes no sense. Now... Mm -hmm. Their argument is that the animals get treated horribly, right? Is that that their goal? Yeah. They've come up with some banana stories. And, I mean, I was just like, I would see what their claims are. I'm like, that's not at all what happens. And that's what started, like, waking me up to this whole animal rights, animal welfare. I'm like, I thought these organizations cared about animals. Why, if it's so horrible, why do they have to lie? Like, this doesn't add up. What like, are some of the lies? Oh, my God. Where do I start? Um, at the beginning. Oh, God. Um, well, they'd like to cherry pick data and take things out of context. That's a favorite thing. And then they'll um, steal people's photos and darken them. And they'll put like little, you know, captions on them that are complete and utter bullshit. Oh, God, there's so many of them. Um, and is it PETA that did this? Is it PETA, uh, Grey 2K, which is a quote-unquote Greyhound advocacy group, and we can talk about them. The Humane Society, the ASPCA, um, the Doris Day Foundation, um, uh, oh, everybody. <laughs> Anybody who's involved with animals. Now, in, like the animal welfare groups that I spoke about earlier, like the Cavalry Group, NIA, um, Protect the Harvest, they all support Greyhound Racing because they're talking about the welfare that I was like, you can still race them just as long as you're taking care of them and meeting all of their needs. What's the harm? But then the animal rights, uh, the, the other groups, which claim to be animal welfare, some of them like the Humane Society, SPCA, et cetera, they're actually animal rights, and we can talk about that later, and we probably will, but they go at it that they're exploiting these dogs and mistreating these dogs, and therefore it needs to be banned. 
And so, you know, they have millions of dollars in their coffers and they just went around the state and basically lied with impunity, you know, because they had millions of dollars to spend on advertising and, and campaigns and all sorts of things. So we'll talk about, let's talk about some of the lies. They're hysterical. Um, the one that they um, blatantly took, they took a photo off of a friend's Facebook page. Like the, one of the dogs she had at her kennel, um, Husker Magic. This is like a legendary dog at Derby Lane. Everybody knows who this dog is. She was like a stakes race winner. She's a future Hall of Famer. Like we all know who Husker Magic is. So um, since she was such a great racer, obviously they want to have a litter with that dog. Right. And so um, they go off to a Greyhound farm to have that litter where the litter is raised. And so when she had her litter, there's a picture taken of it. And the lady that was the dog's former trader, trainer posted it on her Facebook page. She's like, I'm so proud of, of Magic and look at her beautiful puppies. And, you know, she was just so happy to see her favorite dog have a beautiful litter of puppies. And she posted it on Facebook. Well, Great UK literally just went onto her page and stole the photo. And then they captioned it and then put it on their Facebook page. They said, um, a greyhound forced to have her litter and a kennel and a racing kennel. That's bullshit. The dogs don't have their litters in kennels and racing kennels. They have them on farms. Yeah, we yeah. see that. I mean, like, yeah, like that they is... know that, but they know that they yeah. absolutely know that. But the unsuspecting public doesn't and assumes that they have the 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 best interest of the dogs in mind. And just so, oh, my God, that's so terrible. So we called them out on it and they had to take it down. Like, you you know, they don't have their litters in racing kennels. You, you know that you're just blatantly lying. It is so interesting. It's like, like again, if it's so bad. Why do you have to lie about it? <laughs> well, you know, there's a lot. This is goes into the psychology of the victim mentality, right? Like, you know, a friend of mine yes. sent me a video. Oh, my gosh. Uh, an this article. is prevalent in animal world. Hold yes. on one second. Hold one second. That somebody sent me uh, an article which says that there, and this is all love for everybody, but there is a, there's actually like right now an epidemic of women who are lying about having fatal diseases and terminal diseases to get uh, attention and money. And it's like, it's happening on a level they've never seen before. And it, it go, and this is just not about women. This article just happened to be about women doing that. Like they're starting GoFundMes yeah. type of shit? Yeah, for stuff that isn't really happening. Uh, I did a charity event one time in... Uh, I think it was uh, Ventura. I forget what it was. Somewhere between uh, Hollywood and San Diego. I forget the name of the city. But uh, a woman there was said she had uh, cancer, and everybody was there to rally around her. It turns out she didn't, and it was completely uh, BS. I know a comic who had a person in their life do that as well. And, and you know, this isn't about about women and that, but it's just like this article mentioned that, and then. You get into like how there's been stories about you know um, who, who who was the uh, sommelier right sommelier and his you know the the Trump racist people put him in a noose and stuff like that. Oh, Jesse Smollett. Yeah, Smollett, yeah. right? And how like turns out like it was two guys he worked with. They were like Haitian dudes who yeah. were shredded. They paid and, to do it. Yeah. And, and, and so. 
what 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 is from this? It's like, and we can't look at comedy right now when you're, they're trying to cancel people and they're interpreting stuff in the comedy and all that, and they're looking deeper than what's even being said, and and the purpose of what to get somebody's head on a stake, and that's it. There's no other. Po- they they don't care about anything other than just trying to take somebody down, put someone's head on a stake. You see this sometimes with extreme religious groups, this idea that outsiders don't, we don't have to play by the same rules when we're dealing with outsiders. You know, we can lie to them. There are some groups that are like that and they're, they're comfortable. And I feel like, especially the extreme animal rights advocates, they're okay playing dirty with people who don't believe the same things that they do. You same know? thing, punch a Nazi, you know? Exactly. And yeah. justify the means. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, if I work in Greyhound Racing, I've been called an abuser, scum. I should go shoot myself, and I get death threats all the time. And, you know, just horrible things, you know, just because I work in the Greyhound Racing industry. And it's like, okay, weirdo, but... You're an infidel you know, to them. feel that right. their behavior yeah. is justified because they're doing it for the animals. And it's what, what's interesting is that there's this notion, right, that... If we got rid of this, everything would go back, I guess, to how it's naturally supposed to be. So a great example is hunting animals, right? This notion that if you didn't hunt, like if we didn't hunt deer, they would be happy. Well, the truth of the matter is, is like there is a, a natural order to nature that involves hunting. That if you do not hunt these animals... They will overpopulate and there won't be enough food for the animals. So in the long run, animals end up dying if you don't regulate it. Like if you I mean, what about uh, mountain lions here in L.A.? Since no one kills them because they're the predator, they go down eating everybody's fucking dog. Around. Yeah, yeah. Well, coyotes are like that. Yeah, because they, they got no predator. And I'm not saying we got to take them out, but that's what happens. No one takes them out. They keep repopulating, repopulating. Now they're all over the fucking trash cans, and now they're eating everybody's fucking little Snoopy and whatever the fuck name yeah, you caught your dog. Yeah, I saw a coyote. I was at the Hollywood Bowl just walking down, and I was on the phone with a friend of mine crying about my situation with uh, someone in my life that was just driving. And this literally coyote was, I'm not lying to you, 10 feet away from me. And it walked past me, and we both stared at each other. I'm almost like, if this coyote eats me right now, it not it might not be a bad out right now. From, yeah, I've had that happen. Right, and Real it's close, like there's yeah. this like look of like they don't give a shit, dude. No, they're big dogs. <laughs> they're dude. big. Well, they'd yeah. be in trouble at my house because I have three greyhounds, and people use greyhounds to hunt coyotes. Oh, really? <laughs> so, yeah. I didn't yeah, know it's big in Texas. Yeah. So so. You know, it's it's this kind of where it's like this idealistic thought that that the progressives have that do, doesn't fit reality. Now, we do know that there is some things where uh, there is animal cruelty. We brought up dog Absolutely. fighting and yes. stuff like that. And I think there's mm-hmm. reasonable, reasonable uh, desire to get rid of that. That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking, you know, it's like un unnecessary harm to animals for ple- your own pleasure i think mm-hmm. go, goes too far i think mm-hmm. you know animals serve a, a purpose in this in this realm we live in and right there are issues with animals being used for entertainment and guess what 
pets are considered entertainment. So a lot of people who say, oh, yeah, I hate circuses or, you know, fuck SeaWorld, you know, and fuck Greyhound Racing. And then they support people like PETA or the Humane Society. Well, guess what? They think your pets are also entertainment and they want to get rid of them. So and you supporting them, you're also digging your own grave, honestly. SeaWorld's interesting because you have these killer whales that are meant to roam in these tiny pools and you're like that's not what the animals meant to do greyhound racing sounds like that's what it's those awesome. dogs do right <laughs> it's they what they're meant to do they're the they're naturally inclined to chase the lure they're right? hounds. that's what they've been bred to do for like a thousand years they're I, a very old breed i mean what's they're weird is built to run is horse racing illegal in florida because isn't what no, that we have, we have tracks here we see, have horse tracks that here. makes no sense to me how one animal is it ha- can have fun racing and the I'll other one can't fun. Makes sense. Horse racing has way more money to defend yeah. itself. Yeah. Than well, and, and, and when you yeah. consider how easily horses break down racing, oh, I mean, so they sad. break down, you know, because they're, 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 you know, I grew up on a farm. My dad trains horses and their legs are like toothpicks and they're extremely vascular. And if they break, there's not much you can do because they have to be really still for a long time for them to heal you know because there's not a lot of blood they're not vascular so i meant to say there's not a lot of blood flow down there for them to heal and if they kick or anything like that during that healing process it's over so almost always they just put them down if they have a unless they're like unless there's like a real opportunity to stud the horse or something like that they won't put a shell out the money it needs to stabilize them which doesn't even work every time and with dogs it doesn't sound like there's any kind of uh of, there are uh, injuries, but they're treated. But yeah, but it's also, not like horses, the, right? Like if they break, uh, uh, you know, their foot or something, you might as well ride them off forever. You know, you don't, you don't. Yeah, they retire. Shoot them they in the get head. Treatment yeah. and they retire. Right, exactly. That's, that's the thing, and that's that's also the other. Um, um, not that great. That horse racing is terrible, but the difference is that we can rehome a dog. You know, so it's feasible for people to adopt a retired racer. It's not easy yeah, to adopt yeah. a retired racing horse. Yeah. Although so there are places adoption, for that, but yeah. adoption yeah. is way more. You know, successful and prevalent. I think so. comics love adopting horses. I think Whitney has some horses. I really? think John Caparillo has some horses. A couple of people I know have horses. But back to what we're talking about. The reason yeah. I want to get into this is because, and this interests me, is like, so so we have these av- uh, these animal rights gr- uh, groups. They, they have this animal rights agenda. Uh, mm-hmm. Their agenda is to eliminate the relationship between humans and animals and would you like to hear the philosophy that's based on yes okay so they have this philosophy called human supremacy or speciesism it sounds like white supremacy to me yeah correct that's Uh. all it is so the idea that um to to view yourself um better than other species is you know species is so if you view yourself better than another race then you're a racist if you view yourself better as other sex or sexist if you view yourself as better as another species you're a speciesist you're a human supremacist that is what it's based off of uh i just i'm not joking no i'm not joking i wish i was i'm with you i just think PETA likes to protect the cute animals right and not the uh you know are they going out there protecting the cobras and the and all, maybe they are. I don't know, but it, they it, are against like pest control and stuff like that. So getting rid of like rodents in your house or or oh whatever. Oh god! Do you know yeah. if the head of PETA beagles in Tunisia, but they got to save those rats in your house. Yeah. So I mean, you just know that if there's a rat in some the head of PETA's fucking 
house. You know they're going to get rid of it. They're it's like gonna... Nancy Pelosi with yeah, her mask and her hair done. Same is, thing. Um, Ingrid Newkirk. And, um, oh, she sucks. Yeah, she basically um, equates um, like the the killing of, what did she say? Oh, gosh, it's so horrible. Oh, God, you're going to cringe. You're going to cringe. Um, so she said 6 million people died in concentration camps, but 6 billion broiler chickens will die this year in slaughterhouses. So they equate wow. to like... And she so got away with this, that. You know, they equate like animal ag. It's ridiculous. To the Holocaust, dude. Chickens. It's the same thing to them. Chickens are so brainless that there's there are famous stories of headless chickens living for months. Yep. There's this one guy who cut the head off of a chicken, and that tells you uh, like the, everything. What the very base of the brainstem was was gone. And this chicken, he fed it with a dropper, and it just walked around and acted like a normal chicken for a long. It became a famous thing. People would come see it and everything. Chickens have almost no brains. They're, they're, they are, there's no chance of them being sentient or anything like that. And they want you to treat them like they're fucking human beings, dude. It's unbelievable. Rise, chicken. Rise. God, you sound like a human supremacist. Bro, oh, yeah. Johnny, have you outed uh, yourself? I wonder we're off of YouTube. Speciesist of you. Rob you just kicked off privilege. YouTube. You need to check your human yeah. privilege, Johnny. Dude. What are they? I'm curious. Do you know what they say about... Uh, about Native Americans and, and, and who want to practice hunting. And, oh, boy. Oh, gosh. That is a huge um, contingency. And that's where sometimes, like, your, your uh, vegan movement and your animal rights movement gets a little bit of pushback when they start trying to say that anybody can live on a plant-based diet. And then they're like, well, what about indigenous tribes or, like, you know, like your Inuit tribes or your Eskimo tribes that basically cannot farm in their yeah. climate. And so they depend on basically seal meat to, to sustain themselves. What about them? You know, you're pushing back on these people's culture. And that's what you were talking about earlier, uh, Sam, about culture. We're like, well, dogfighting is not culture, but I mean, clubbing seals to feed your family, that's Part of their culture. I mean, it's, it's that's the part that we have to have these discussions about, and we need to frame these in a in a kind of way of where we are. We talking about animal welfare, or are we talking about rights here? Like, you can still eat the babies, or still eat the seals, but you just got to not club them to death. Maybe you know yeah, what I mean? Humanely, where you've I, seen that, right? There's no, there's no yeah, mogul. Well, I try not to watch this video. Okay, yeah, that video is crazy. Where just so you know, yeah. let me ask you: Do the animal rights people have problems with animals eating animals? Well, I mean, it's the That's same what I thing. Said. I said, hey, when you can get a shark to become a vegan, I might consider yeah, it. Right? You're like, hey, shark, that dolphin has feelings. I mean, it you, just wants to ascend. You've heard of those people that try to make their cats vegans and it goes blind? <laughs> what? Yeah, what? yeah. Yeah. If you don't give them meat, they go blind. And these vegans don't. There not are that people. There are vegans because that's that's the that's a huge. Um, it's a huge uh, point of contingency. It's like, well, if you're going to go ahead and follow along the animal rights philosophy of the liberation of all animals, with some people are like, well, I still think it's okay to own pets, but they're still vegan, but they have to feed their cats, which are obligate carnivores, and cat food doesn't grow on trees, so that has to come from an animal ag industry. So you're in, you're di indirectly supporting an animal ag industry that you fight against, so you could feed your cat. So in all, in order to make all of that make sense. You feed your cat a vegan diet to justify the ownership of that cat. That is bananas. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's, it's Garrett Reynolds has a joke about that. My dog's vegan. No, you just won't feed it meat. Your dog would love to have some meat right now. It would love to do it. That's they would they would cringe at how much meat we went through at the track. <laughs> oh my god! So so you got this. Freezer's like, full of meat. You got this. And what kind of meat was it? 
uh, uh, ground beef. Ground beef. Well, it depends. Now, if you ask if you ask somebody who actually works in the industry, they will tell you that it is ground beef. But if you ask an animal rights person, they will tell you that it's quote unquote forty meat, which apparently means like it's the meat was down, like the animal was down, diseased, dead, or decaying. So it's like poor quality or maybe poisonous or you know sickly like roadkill shit the dogs have you seen the shit that dogs eat are you serious i mean they we have a dog that eats the shit as it comes out of the other dog's ass yeah they're fine they'll be fine if the meat is a little old you know what i'm saying they'll be okay yeah Yeah, it's just ridiculous dude and i mean we spend like a thousand dollars a week to feed the dogs at the one kennel so yeah, they're 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 eating pretty fine. But I mean, greyhounds are skinny, so they're like trying to say that we starve them. I'm like, that's a lot of money to spend on starving a dog. So at, <laughs> right now, dog racing is illegal in Florida. Wagering on greyhound racing is illegal. It's still legal. So that's another thing that they like to, like yeah. I said, they like to contort things and take things out of contest. So they love to say like greyhound racing is illegal and like. 41 states and it's only illegal in one technically and that's idaho where it is illegal to race any breed of dog for anything of value i'm curious how other state sorry how'd they get that done in florida florida's conservative right is it the betting angle is that how they 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 went through the wagering angle because um they also had another um amendment proposed for the ballot to allow um casinos to open and then like the the casinos here that are run by the the tribes uh, obviously did not want that ha- to happen. They wanted to be the only game in the state. So um, they actively fought against that. But, I mean, it's, it's, unbelievable. it's all wagering. There's yeah. so much to go around. And they're like, no. So, I mean, basically, based off of the information provided by animal rights groups and groups that people um, assume to be reputable, like the Humane Society and the Doris Day Foundation, which is the same exact thing, um, they take their their word at face value, you know, because they have this reputation of being this huge organization and advocate for animals, you know, the goodness and you know. The, I, I um, wouldn't doubt if somewhere along the line there's a Soros connection yeah, to yeah, just yeah. cause chaos. Probably. I mean, at this point, I mean, but it's just like, well, we can talk about that too. I mean, at least to make it a little bit conspiratorial, right? Um, but still, no lizard people. I no, no, no. It um, it is totally conspiratorial. <laughs> Because this just gets into what we're talking about and been talking about all the time is like, you know, where do these groups get this? Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I've given money to to uh, animal rights groups, you know, because I thought I was doing animal welfare. Right. That's well, what I'm looking well, you for. Picture, exactly. You picture they the. Use that, they use that. Um, that they just they just think it's all. They know that the general public is not aware of their agenda and that they assume the best. So. I mean, they got that sad song by what's her face. I was about to say. McLaughlin. Like the animals Angel. are dying. I, I was about to say when you donate, that's what you're picturing. You're picturing that commercial, not these greyhounds that are fucking, like she says, fed well, taken care of. I picture whenever I donate, I also, when you donate for like world hunger, who do you picture? Yeah, hungry that, ass kids. That's yeah. hungry ass kids, and, the, and it's usually thing not is, that. Is that um, those groups that supposedly are, um, like, especially Grey 2K, because they're greyhound specific, and then other groups like the Humane Society that funded um, this um, legislation, basically they write the legislation too. But, um, they don't have any um, involvement in the rehoming of retired racers. Greyhounds do not go to shelters. 
the human is I, I would understand if like these dogs were just constantly washing up on their shores and they just kept getting these dogs and they're like, oh, what are we going to do? But they don't. They go to private adoption groups where they have a 100 percent adoption rate. Like no other breed has this kind of support. Yeah. That's like and so the, the, so the Humane Society does nothing for retired racers. Great UK does nothing for retired racers. The um, ASPCA does nothing for retired racers. But, you know, they have their best interests at heart, right? So um, so basically what they do, they go from state to state that has racing and they get it shut down. And then they leave the industry that they just finished dragging through the mud. Let them clean up the mess. Like, our, our, I thought we were horrible people, but you're leaving us to rehome all these dogs you basically just displaced and, and, and they get homes, but they don't help afterwards. They're like, yeah, sorry. We just put all of you out of a job, including, you know, 12,000 dogs. Here's $5 million to help rehoming efforts. No, they're just like deuces. That's your problem. Now yeah. on to the next state. So there, I think they're called the Barbie twin, the bar. I forget what they were. They were the twins that were in playboy. They were, they were playmates at the same time, these gorgeous blondes. And I remember many years ago on Melrose, back when Melrose in L.A. was, it was a hopping part of Los Angeles. You would just go there and just watch the most wonderful freak show go by every Saturday and Sunday. And these Barbie, these twin sisters who were playmates, um, they were they were marching against puppy mills. And... Mm-hmm. You know, and I thought, you know, there, there's a part of me that I really understand that and I, I, and I respect that as well. But I'm also like, you know, there's a like there's a lot of animals that get put down all the fucking time. Like there's so much chaos that people do. It's like in the world, like that's that's the thing you're marching against. Am I wrong on that? I mean, it's tied together. And so, I mean, we might as well talk about that. I'm sure everyone's sick and tired about hearing. But my point, but I just let me, let me say this um, is that I just want in that the reason I bring that up is because, you know, rich, let's face it, white liberals fund projects that make them feel bad. Ah, right. Well, you know, their life is so privileged. That they look at certain things, they're like, oh, I feel guilty. And they fund it and without actually thinking, like, what is the ramifications of this action? What was the fallout of this? Again, you know, these dumb fuck celebrities in LA with their go fund the go go uh defund the cops. And they're like, man, I mean, dude, just think about that, man. Seth Rogan. Pat Oswald, all these guys are like match, 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 like bailing out these Antifa people that were going around burning down businesses. And it's like, what is the ramifications of that? You're in a gated community. They're, they burnt down, down near where our studio is. They literally trash everywhere around here. And they're like match, match, match. All those people are matching. Probably lived in Beverly Hills. And when they went to Beverly Hills, what happened? One hundred percent. What is the real world consequences of what is going on, of your actions? This this fucking guilt you. People have. lose jobs. People like me yeah. lose their livelihoods, and that's the that's the sad part about it. Is the it was up to the voters of the state. So you know they are given all the propaganda on the TV, and they see these sad pictures and these bullshit um, stats, and you know these little uh, blurbs. 
of information and you know it tugs at their heartstrings and you're like you know what 70 percent of them like fuck you you're out of a job animal abuser go fuck yourself yeah and it's like you don't even know me you don't know nothing about the industry you know nothing about adoption you know nothing about these dogs and i think if they had to like actually meet these people face to face and say hey i'm gonna put you out of a job i don't know if they would do it but it's 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 faceless it's it's anonymous. It's it's three. It's six degrees of separation. You just fill in a little bubble, and some person you don't even know loses their job. And and especially in the case of greyhound racing, it's family owned. So not one person's losing their job. The entire family is losing their job. Wow. You know what I mean? So it's it's it was really hard. And a lot of these people have been in the industry for decades. It's oh the, yeah. You know, my 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 grandfather was in it. My my father wasn't. Now I am, and my son is in it. You know. And it's their passion. It's like it's it's a legacy. It's just and stupid. just for the sixty nine percent of the birds go, yeah. Sorry about your luck. Go find a go find a real job, animal abuser. Yeah, that's that's all we got. We had no sympathy. I mean, if we take a look at what happened with the, this COVID, right? The shutting mm-hmm. down these businesses, and you had all these rich people like just stay home. You remember that? They're like yeah, just don't go out. Stay home as they're collecting checks. And collecting checks and collecting checks for the movies that they did. Stay home. And then we saw how many businesses closed. How many businesses closed? We're talking about generational businesses that were being going to be handed down from parents to kids. Gone. Gone. Yeah, Gone. it doesn't affect their pocketbooks. So, oh well. Uh, uh, I mean, I have an English bulldog and I got a lot of shit because I didn't adopt. A lot of people were like, really, you oh, bought yeah, that? Why didn't that. you adopt? And my thing is like, <laughs> I don't know what to say. Like, I, I felt bad because I could have oh, adopted, but I love business. my dog. Go yeah. And guess what? <laughs> no, and no. And the reason I say that was because the guy paid for it. His side hustle is that he his family lives off these dogs. Like, yeah, yeah he works. And during the pandemic, he wasn't right. working. So he gave me a discount, right. which is what she said. Like the pandemic fucked people up. And this guy that breeds dogs made a living, a side hustle off that to... And, and some That's some people exploitation. What do you They're mean? Breeding those dogs for money. Oh yeah, some of them say that 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 my dog's well, all fucked Roger up. It's was inbred. Bought. And I, I'm gonna be honest with you, I didn't want to do it. My hand was forced, and Roger was bought. I would no, I know, and my normal thing would be if you're gonna buy one, you gotta go adopt one, and you have puppies together, if that's possible for people. I don't know, but. That's my rule. I'm going to, you know, I have two dogs right now. One is older, one is younger, and we'll work it out. Uh, I, I'm not really a buy a dog from adopt. I, I'm more of adopt, but sometimes shit happens, dude. And I didn't want to. My hand was forced, and that's life. And I don't feel guilty. Don't. You do not have to feel guilty about buying a dog. Yeah. I still want dogs on death row. Like I used to go. You ever go well, to the well, back? Well, this is this is this is the part of animal uh, rights where it kind of just bleeds into every aspect of animal ownership, including pets. It's not. We're not talking about you know bears and circuses or orcas and tanks. We're talking about just your family pet. You know, and so that same mentality gets pushed on to use like. Uh, the adopt don't shop movement, which is at one point in time was sensible when there was a much higher population of dogs. And then so the the message there was, hey, if you're going to get a dog, go through a shelter or rescue and don't buy a dog at one of those puppy stores because they come from puppy mills. 
that seems very reasonable because puppy mill dogs are poorly bred dogs Mm -hmm. and they were probably, you know, have diseases or genetic disorders because their, their health and soundness is not taken into effect. Just they're just bred for money. They don't prove or health test their dogs in any way, shape or form. They're just there to make money. So they don't care about the quality of the dog. That sounds completely okay with me. Like, yeah, why would I give these assholes money when I could just go get a a dog out of the shelter that probably has more or less the same health issues because they are also poorly bred dogs in the shelter. So why would I go spend $8,000 on one when I can go get one for 50 bucks? Right. So, um, but like any sort of movement, it gets co-opted. Yeah. That never happens, right? That happens at every single movement out there. (laughs) It gets it gets co-opted. So now the adopt don't shop movement has become adopt never shop under any circumstance for any reason. You can only get dogs from shelters and rescues, which is completely counterproductive. It's just it's the their their goal is to um, to um, empty the shelters and rescues. But with with that mentality, that version of Adopt Don't Shop, the one that we currently have, the all breeders are bad. Um, there's no such thing as a good breeder. Um, you should um, never breed your dog. With that type of mentality, it literally puts every dog into a shelter and rescue. It doesn't put fewer dogs. It puts every dog. Because if you have to adopt, the dog has to go to the shelter to get adopted. So you're putting, you're just funneling every dog through a shelter or rescue and there's no other place to get your dog. So they're monopolizing um, rescues. Oh, you see what and, I mean there? So are you following my logic? Yeah. And then to top it off, I didn't want to neuter him and the vet almost wanted to arrest me. She's like, you're going to breed yeah, him more? animal rights type vets <laughs> out yeah, there. Yeah, they want, so they, she almost wanted friends. to pay for it. She's like, I'll pay for him to get neutered. Cause I was like, no, I was like, she's like, is this much? I was like, definitely not. <sighs> Like, I don't need him to use, I don't need to pay four or five hundred bucks to neuter my dog. He's fine. And I do want to breed him. She looked at me like, oh, my God, get out of my vet shops. I don't want to do business with you because I said I wanted to breed him. And I was like, you're a crazy lady because the stud's like five hundred bucks. Every time. Are I, you breeding your dog? I'm going to breed my dog. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, uh, <laughs> can, I, can I be an awful person? Go and, for it. Because um, I was going to ask you how much the stud for a. Uh, Hall of Fame Greyhounder cost because I've seen these studs go for unbelievable amounts of money. Yeah, and the dogs go for unbelievable amounts of money too. Um, and we, we we had a dog go at auction um, a couple years ago for over a hundred thousand. So yeah. Um, um, yeah, they're very well bred, very um, valuable dogs, and it's amazing because once they go to adoption, you can just get them for like two hundred bucks, two hundred fifty, three hundred fifty dollars. Oh, like you're just getting this amazing dog um, that's you know has an amazing legacy. Like uh, the, I have two that are litter mates and just the past five generations of their pedigree has 11 hall of famers in it. Their dad's in the hall of fame. Whoa. So um, how are you going to be a horrible person next year? I wanted to hear yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, of course. I'm so hear sorry that. about getting your bulldog. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, this is, I really want to talk about because the adopt the opposite part of, um, so yeah, the, there's the adopt don't shop movement that it is now. And a lot of people will still, they don't want to, they want to cling to it. And then you have their more militant people that have hopped on board and co-opted that movement and they're driving it to, they want to eliminate all breeders. And that is, that has to uh, make two assumptions. One, that all breeders are bad. And two, that all rescues and shelters are good. Then that's not the case. Yeah. That's a great point. That's a great so point. You can't just only adopt because that creates a moral hazard 
it's on honestly it's driven up and i hate to talk in these terms but i mean technically dogs are our property so we have to talk in terms of supply and demand so the adopt don't shop movement has um, driven the demand for rescues because people feel more inclined to rescue save a life you know be you know altruistic and you know not line the pockets of some backyard breeder or puppy mill and so the the demand to adopt dogs has um risen drastically and that has created the moral hazard of retail rescue so obviously there's going to be not so honest people that take advantage of this mentality and um aren't exactly rescues <laughs> but they proclaim to be rescues and they source their dogs in very um nefarious and underhanded sneaky back doorways yeah and like stealing dogs you see that with uh -oh. french bulldogs yep People just 100%. get their dogs jacked from them because they yeah. sell for five There's a grand. Lot of pet theft. So if you have a popular breed, like a, a small breeds are easier to adopt out and easier, and they're more popular. So I mean, just look at your, um, just go to the AKC website and look at the, you know, top twenty um, most popular breeds, and those are the ones that are getting stolen most likely. And it's a lot of small dogs. You know, your Maltese. Your French Bulldogs. Shiba Eve um, News. Like uh, there's oh. going to be just a fury of Shiba Eve oh, News out there. So I was walking down Hollywood Boulevard with Roger, and this huge dude is like, hey, is that a French Bulldog? I go, no, it's not. He's a crystal meth pug, and he's got major problems. And the guy's like, oh, and he walks off. I'm like, yeah, dog. You ain't get get get. I mean... People, jack, I mean, people get robbed at gunpoint for their dogs. And Absolutely. I mean, Lady Gaga, the whole incident with Absolutely. Lady Gaga, she was they straight. Yes, and then that poor dog gets shipped off to another state and resold as a rescue. Yeah. And, you, and then you get your dog, and they're like, oh, I love your French bulldog. And you're like, thanks, I rescued her. <laughs> yeah, those yeah. are yeah. You can't you get that little halo. That's the reason. That little halo. That's the reason I and bought you get, the English book. The adoration of somebody like, oh my god, bless you. And I get that all the time with my greyhounds. You know, I'm out with them all the time. Like, oh, are those rescues? I'm like, no, they're just retired. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, and like, oh, and then they just they're like, oh, okay. Because if I if, if I let them go on, they'll gush. Oh my god, thank you so much. You're really giving them a better life now. God bless you for taking in these <laughs> like, dogs no, and saving their great. lives. I'm like, yeah, they actually don't have it as good as they, they did at to. the track here. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. Uh, you know, and now you see, like, there's also, I, I did a, uh, I did a, uh, a comedy web series about a group of guys who jacked puppies to basically make money off the rewards. Wow. It's dog trafficking. That's a thing. And you, you, know, you would tell that to just an average person. They're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because they know about human trafficking, and that's all very well known. But when you start talking about dog trafficking, they're like, come on. And you're like, uh, it's a thing. Because a lot of people do not know about retail rescue at all. They just think all shelter and rescues are just altruistic, honest, or, you know, doing the best they can, you know, doing, doing right by the dogs 100% of the time. And they don't think that there's a lot of dishonest people out there that are basically um, importing dogs, just buying dogs at auction and reselling them as rescue, stealing dogs, shuffling dogs all around the country, um, doing really like um, dishonest things like dis not disclosing, disclosing bite histories, stuff like that. But, you know, this dog got returned to a rescue for biting someone. So they just shuffle it off to another state and change its name and just adopt it out again. 
So you know, because they don't want to put the dog down, you know, but they want to save this dog, and they just it happens all the time. So someone is stealing dogs like in LA, and then waiting for someone to put a reward thing yeah. up. You call them and be like hostile like i'll give you a hundred nah i want a thousand you really want this dog back and then you send them pictures and little cute videos of like you want them back how many more reasons well, do you wow have that sounds that is like that would be the deal breaker for me no 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 what happens <laughs> People is stealing they... your dogs and holding them for ransom in la that that would be my that would be the straw that breaks the well, camel's back for me I'm like that's wait. it i'm and done i gotta go i'm out they'll wait until there's a flyer out and they'll go yeah. around waiting to see look for a dog uh, two thousand dollars reward. Please get my dog back. Uh, no questions asked. And then, you know, oh, I found your dog, dude. And yeah, it's like some shady fuck with a. Well, you sit around your neighborhood more than once. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think yeah, I somebody- hate to sound like that person, but if your dog's outside, you need to be outside with it. One I know that sounds awful, but it's an paranoid no, or for, for delusional sure. or whatever. For sure. So I want to on this. Uh, there. I want to talk about who the greatest um, killer of animals is, and that is PETA. PETA, right? I mean, obviously, they said Michael Vick, honestly. The food, the food <laughs> preparation business with cattle. Here's the whole thing, dude. I don't know how you feed this many people humanely. I mean, if someone could come up with it and not give me the other meat or whatever it's called, Beyond uh, Meat, Beyond Meat, which is just packed with. Soy. I mean, like it's got more what estrogen in it than, than uh, you know, it's like a thousand times more than a regular hamburger. It's it's obviously meant to lower men's testosterone, and so we can't do that. And then the meat you're eating right now is just so unhealthy for you. That's why hunting is such a great thing because these animals have no antibiotics in them. Well, where it's, did you get that information about the meat being unhealthy? Uh, from animal rights groups or from carl's jr commercials where they just uh, like touche <laughs> yeah. i'm like that does not look good and they'll put anything on a burger they're like the new bang bang cheeseburger like, what's it gonna it's take got- for you to eat this burger we'll put 50 pieces of bacon on it it's yeah. like we got a, we got bacon, we got cheese, we got tomato, we got a huffy bike, we got some Monopoly pieces, you name it. We got this kid from Ecuador, all that, I'm one burger, it's a bang bang burger. It's ridiculous, but uh, PETA, nobody ever talks about PETA is the number one animal killer out there in terms of hey. like... Hey, they used to kill 86% of the animals in the shelters. They got it down to 68% now. All right, cut them some slack. Yeah, I, I, it's yeah. crazy. I know L.A. and is a you can't kill your animals now. Just L.A. Thank God they've only got one shelter. Thank God they've only got one shelter. <laughs> so you're okay with putting down a bunch of animals? Which I guess if no one's going to adopt them. But, well, I mean, compared to the other shelters in the county, they're nowhere near 68% euthanization rate. PETA's like, all the other shelters are like hovering down here. Then there's PETA. <laughs> it's they're like just like, here. gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, gotta Pretty go. Much. Yeah. Well, their view because is better like, dead than slave. Is, is, is really better what, dead than enslaved. Yeah. yeah. That's oh, crazy. that's literally what yeah, they yeah, believe. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, does that make any sense? It's at almost all? like well, that well, thing well, where you touch the, a baby bird, you know, and it's supposed to like fuck it up. Ultimately, the dogs can't be abused or exploited oh, yeah. if they don't exist. 
So right now, I mean, how can you? You can't argue with that. That's pretty airtight right there. Imagine they thought about that about slaves, like in Libya. Oh, they're better dead than than slaves. I'm like, oh what my are you? god! Uh, do we get a vote in this? You know, the <laughs> slaves are like, what? Uh, right? Yeah. Exactly. And by the way, it, w it it's cheaper to buy a human slave in Libya than one of XG's fucking dogs, which is five uh, uh, five hundred dollars. Can you believe that? Not dude? even one of his dogs. A, a, a hump from a his stud. Dog. That's just a stud. Unbelievable, dude. This dog's a gigolo. And it's just it like, costs about like $20,000 to like stud, whelp, and raise a greyhound litter. See, a racing greyhound litter. Damn. Here's yeah. what's happened in our society. Being caught lying has no real ramifications anymore. Mm -hmm. Hypocrisy. Unfortunately. Is, and it doesn't undermine anybody's trust. Like you would think, well, why would you lie about that? You know? So... I can understand, like, maybe taking things out of context or cherry-picking things, but just blatant lies are like, okay, how is this acceptable? All right, so here are some uh, things that you say are BS, and we're going to go through them. Retail rescues, Retail hoarding, rescue. fraud, uh, scam Well, retail rescue includes all of those things. Basically, you'll have rescues that are basically just hoarding dogs. You know, they'll just get a new dog, like... Hey, don't can you give me a donation? We just got this poor little puppy off the street, and you're like, oh my god! And they get their donations, and then they just go put it in a crate in a warehouse, and then they go find another dog. Like, we just found this poor little guy behind a dumpster. Please help us with his vet bills, and they get hundreds of dollars donation. They put that dog in a crate, and it sits in a warehouse, and you never see what happens to these dogs. Like, oh my god, twenty five percent of hoarding cases every year are animal rescues. You know. I mean, you know what they That's do too on, on YouTube? Have you ever seen the uh, I, they rescue a pet video? They put those pets in danger and they just rescue them all the time. Like there's this video where they just find these pets that are rescued a, a thousand times. Is this guy that his 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 whole video his whole YouTube channel is dedicating to saving animals. How often do you run into animals in danger? He puts them there. Like if you there's a person Dude, that's my National Geographic conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. I think that when you see those animals get eaten, it's because National Geographic puts them in that place to die just so they could shoot it. It's like National Geographic is literally snuff porn. Yeah, National Geographic um, actually came to our track um, towards the end of the, the season, and um, they were going to send some um, a photographer to come basically you know, do like a photo journal of basically this legacy of racing and the, the our track being the oldest it was opened in 1926 and so um my my boss the trainer of the kennel i worked at um reached out and so that a journalist is actually embedded with our kennel the entire day i was with that photojournalist from 6 a.m to 6 p.m and so they had complete and total access to every inch of that track because and and our way of thinking like mine and, and my boss were like this is going to be an incredible time capsule you know and this is going to live on in nat geo for per perpetuity you know and we'll be a part of that like that's incredible you know and um so we just rolled out the red carpet for them and the photographer was super nice and her assistant were very nice and they loved the dogs. I mean, we didn't say, Hey, don't, don't take any, you know, Oh, don't, oh, you can't see this, you know, or Hey, don't go in there. You know, we're just like, like, can we go? Yeah, go ahead. 
can we come, can we stand here? Is this okay? Yeah, I, go ahead. I don't care. You know, they had, I mean, she was there for, uh, we have something called morning schooling. So she was there right at 6 a.m. before dawn, right there at morning schooling, right next to me, you know, asking me questions like, oh, what are they doing now? Or what's this? Or, you know, you know it was amazing. And she was so nice and inquisitive and um, thoughtful. And, you know, and then, then she came to the kennel. We did all of her chores. And she's right there. She's watching us, like, mix up the food. She's watching us sweep the floors. She's watching us scoop up poop. I mean, she's getting pictures of it's just camera. Click, 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 all day. She must have taken 8,000 million photos um, that entire day. And um, and then uh, my boss was doing interviews with the, the person writing the article, doing phone interviews, you know. And um, the photographer sent us, like, uh, glossies of some of the photos that she took while she was there. So if it was like photos with me in it, she's like, here's these are photos of you that I took. Here you go. I'm like, Oh my God, these are incredible. This is like such a, a keepsake, you know, this is so, and then, um, like, um, I have a group here. Um, there's, there's a, obviously there's a track and there's a bunch of retired racers in this area and everybody in the industry has retired racers. Like we hate the dogs so much that we have four or five of them at home. Yeah. You know, everybody in the industry has right. at least right. two at home. Right. Um, so we all like to meet up at a local dog beach and we let our dogs run on the beach. So it'll be like, you know, 12, 15, 20 greyhounds running together. And she heard about that group. She's like, Oh, can I, can we see that? And so I, yeah, I just, it's, you know, it's on social media. So I just told everybody like, Hey, can, Everybody meet up at the beach. Uh, National Geographic wants to get photos of our beach meetup. And all these people came and met up with all of their retired racers. And the dogs were running through the surf. And it was sunset. And it was beautiful. And it was very touching. I mean, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. And then the article comes out. And it's just a scathing, mm -hmm. just bullshit animal rights talking points. One after one after one. And it's just focusing on all this. I'm like, Oh my God, I feel like I've been taken advantage of. I feel like such a, a dope right now. You know, it was, it was so heartbreaking this year. I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to be a national geographic. My dogs are going to be a national geographic. Yeah. That's how and they then pray you read the article and you're just like, Oh my God, this is a disaster. And and, and uh, credit to the photographer. She was really upset about it. She's like, she sent me a, a text. She's like, I apologize. I had no idea that was how this article was going to be um, displayed or represented. And, I tried to tell him to change this or that because I was there and I saw this and, and no, that's just how it went out in print. And then it just, it was a huge black guy. Johnny it was, knows it was about like a punch in the, it was like a punch in the stomach. So yeah, you can probably imagine how I feel about Nat Geo right now. So anything you have to say about them, that's horrible. I will not argue with you. Well, I was watching this video for a second and it showed all these like, uh, I don't know, gazelles running one way. They're all running, and the cheetahs are trying to keep up with them. Out of nowhere, from this, off the side of the screen, this just gazelle just stumbles this way. And I'm like, why is that gazelle running the exact opposite way? And I go, oh, I bet you it wasn't. I bet you it just got thrown out there. And it just got thrown to the cheetah. So they're like, oh, dude, we're tired of filming. Let's just get something going. I mean, how do you always have the exact angle to shoot the thing right perfectly in the middle of the camera? Do you guys remember the one with this lizard that's getting chased by like a hundred snakes? Yeah. And they have cameras in thing, like yeah. seven different angles. You, how did you not? How did you know that you were going to get that perfect shot? I mean, angle? I'll tell you what they'll say. They'll say that we record thousands of hours of video. 
and then do exactly what happened to her. Cherry pick the you know the worst shit out of right, it. Or Johnny, in this case, the most. I'm telling you what I'm not saying that's right. I'm just telling you that's what they'll say. So. Okay, so my answer to that is you could be in New York City yeah. filming hours and hours and hours. What are the odds of you being square on to a mugging <laughs> or yeah. a fight? Square or a right fight. there. I mean, a fight's one thing, but like a straight up like a fucking murder or a mugging. Maybe. Well, yeah, I mean, I would say the mugging rate's probably a lot lower than the rate of gazelles getting eaten, but I, I get your point. Yeah. Is it? I mean, well, gazelles probably. are getting eaten all the time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But it's just, it's just camera angle. It's just so perfect. No, I'm with you. Or what, what do you got? Are you trying to say sh- they're not completely honest? Or here, well, Here's what they'd say. They'd probably say that they're not releasing it, but they're making them go one way to go another way. Kind of what hunters do. They kind of do that where you kind of make them go where you want to go, yeah. so you see well, that shit. But then, no, they say needs to look into this. Somebody they say they're needs not. to look into this. There has to be some whistleblower, some <laughs> animal photography, was, like some, cinematography whistleblower. I mean, their inner ethic is that they have no interaction whatever with the. I mean, they're supposed to be completely hands off. We don't interfere at all. What are they Star Trek? Exactly. It's like the Prime Directive. Yeah, that's how they're supposed to do that their job do you buy that no no i don't like i remember there's this one thing somehow this animal goes across the water and they just happen to have a camera perfectly positioned to watch these piranha just fuck it up and it was perfectly positioned yeah that's all i'm saying dude it's just it's like as a guy that's trying to record you i can't get you in perfect position right and it's just like (laughs) look at what reality how much of reality shows do we know it's just made up sto- fake storylines? So I, I, I just think it's like, good luck on that. And it's just like, it's not just that you're getting them, getting the shot. You're perfectly getting the shot. You follow that nature is wild or whatever. Yeah, I can't the, watch those, that But shit. those are never perfect. I if you know what I mean, shit. those are actual. I can't watch that shit. You can't, but I, those the are actual. Animals act- getting fucked up. I can't. But watch those it. are actual people that ran into it that are get that send it to so and so and be like, hey, can you post this one? They look more real. They seem more real. The point of this episode to me is that people like PETA, uh, the SPCA, and all these guys, they're like the ACLU now. They're like the Red Cross. They're like all of these what just seems like fronts that are there to control the narrative. Mm -hmm. And in reality, they never really do what you expected them to do. I mean, the ACLU has been just... 100% 100% exposed for being a, a a tool of the globalists. I mean, like, they're like, trans, mean trans jokes aren't covered by uh, free speech. You're like, they're 100% covered by free speech. And that's a shame, too, because we but really the need difference. Them, like, something I don't, to Can the ACLU donate to campaigns or to, to politicians or anything they can't make donations can they well what they can do because is because the, the humane society and and PETA and uh the spca can certainly make lobby. campaign yeah. contributions oh. and a, they do <laughs> it's it's just re- ridiculous it's re- MB- so one is controlled and the other one is controlling yeah and it's just this whole Follow like money uh, get somebody's head on a stake and they don't really care about making anything better Right. Like, look, we're making a difference. Like, no, you just displaced 12,000 dogs and you made it somebody else's problem. And the Lion King or the Tiger King is a great example of like these are supposed to be pet, you know, 
fucking pet sanctuaries. They're just killing. Oh, scam. They're scamtuaries. Oh, there you go. You you mentioned that scamtuaries for sure. Well, yeah. Dude. What's the difference between like they they uh, they'll shit on zoos, you know, like. Uh, they're just exploiting these animals. They charge people admission to come look at them in enclosures. Well, what are scamptuaries? They're charging people to come look at the animals that are in enclosures. What's they, the difference? Oh, they, one's, a, one's a sanctuary. They all look shady as shit. Have you ever looked, seen anybody in a scamptuary that looks like they're like a, a straight shooter? Well, one of them was like a cult, a little cult little thing on the... Tiger King, you remember one yeah. of them? One of them like had all these girls show up, and you'd get them when they were really young. Yeah. And, Did you guys yeah. see the trailer from the new season? No. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it looks like it's basically everybody except the Tiger King is living their best life now. You know, with this fame, they're all just shelling out cash and living like. Well, the it, one guy magnified. like his teeth are all cleaned up. Yeah, it's it's great. It's gonna be great. Yeah. So it's oh, yeah, a- just so you know, that's here in Tampa where I live. Um, I'm not proud of that, but um. I love Tampa, but, um, by the way. The BCR Big Cat Rescue um, was against um, dog racing. Imagine that. And uh, they are what? buddies with Gray 2K and the Humane Society. So they are all in on it. They're all together. They're all buddies. They're all the same. I can tell you a ton of former PETA executives that are now in the Humane Society of the United States in executive and directing positions and state directorships. Uh, Did you think they just, the, the current CEO of the Humane Society is Kitty Block. She's a former PETA executive. You think she just kind of is like, oh, I'm not going to be that extreme anymore now that I'm at the Humane Society. Yeah. No? No, that's weird. That's kind of weird. Oh, no, she has the same PETA mentality. The Humane Society is just PETA light with way more money and way more influence. It's all the same. It's just so crazy how there's just... I mean, like, I guess you have this idealistic view of something, and in reality, it's just ran by psychopaths who just want to score. Well, just like any large organization, it's the people at the top. So, I mean, if we're talking about religions or talking about um, businesses, it's the the crazy powerful ones at the top, and then the people below, like you know, like the Humane Society has shelters, and certainly those people that are volunteering in the shelters are good people. They're just trying to help. They're you know. Um, using their weekends to go in there and help, you know, feed and take care of the dogs and help adoptions. But then you have the directors that are making money, you know, they're the only people that make money at those shelters. Everybody else is a volunteer. See what I mean? So there's nothing against the shelter volunteers, you know, God bless those people. Okay. Final question. The people at the top. Final question. Are you telling me the meat markets aren't real? The Chinese meat trade. Oh my God. So this is a huge thing. Like, like I said, like you're talking about earlier, like the victim mentality. Yeah. And like, you know, it's basically the um, Munchausen syndrome. And basically a lot of people have this Munchausen syndrome by proxy with their rescue dogs where they, you know, they seek attention through their dogs, um, either real or fictitious sob story. You know, because like whenever you see a, um, like say like, um, there's like something in the news about an animal, like say like a dog got hit by a car and it lost a leg and, but it got taken to a shelter and it's been taken care of and it'll be up for adoption. How many people will run to adopt that dog? All of them. Everybody. Why? What, what is, what is the mechanism that drives people to do that? Why, why isn't everybody lying down the block for the shelter? You know, they're not at the shelter for the beagle mix that got dumped in there because it barked too much. There's no line down this the block for that dog, you know. And then uh, other dogs, so many people want them. They literally have lotteries. 
They have lotteries for these dogs because so many people want them. What about the other dogs that have been sitting in there for two months? Those dogs don't have lotteries. So it's, it's just like this crazy, this crazy psychosis that people have. Like, it's not okay to own a dog unless it has a sob story. And that means every dog has to have a sob story yeah. in order to own it. That means you have to put every dog through a traumatic experience before <laughs> it's okay to own it. That makes zero sense. I thought you wanted to help dogs, not traumatize every single solitary one of them. Now, are these dogs really safe from China? Uh, they are. They are bought from China. So here's the thing about China, and it's a lot of it's based on ignorance. I don't know how else to put it without sounding mean, but you can't know about everything all the time. That's not very realistic. So again, you take these, um, they're an animal group. They just want to help animals. Why would you question their motives? <laughs> um, but um, uh, everybody knows, you know, there's that mentality or that understanding that Chinese and Asian people eat dogs. That's like everybody knows that. Everybody, no one's like, no, no, they don't. That never happens. Everyone's like, yeah, that checks out. So, um, <laughs> but a lot has changed in um, recent decades. Like they're becoming more and more westernized, and so the the demand for dog meat is dropping drastically, and the demand for pets is skyrocketing. The pet industry in China right now is booming. It is now a status symbol to own a purebred dog. And so now you just have tons of these breeders just pumping out these dogs. And they're all the most popular breeds. So you'll see lots of golden retrievers, lots of corgis, lots of Frenchies, um, lots of um, bulldogs, all sorts of stuff like that. And they're just breeding these dogs like mad. And then they're just selling them at these markets. And then these rescues come in and they literally just buy these dogs <laughs> and then they they claim them to be a value of zero dollars so they don't have to pay any sort of like tariffs or anything on these dogs and they just bring in these dogs and then they'd be like hey we just saved all these golden retrievers from the meat market and all these pugs all these all these corgis all these frenchies we just saved them from the chinese meat market and everyone's like oh my god and let me get one like they were never going to eat a pug <laughs> no one's going to eat a pug. Imagine writing a check being like, and we did it. We saved so yeah, them. Laugh everyone's laughing to the bank. The breeder in China is laughing all the way to the bank. The rescue, retail rescue, is laughing all the way to the bank. And then the person thinks that they've done a good deed. They've saved this dog from being eaten. And they don't know that, like, especially in, like, for dogs like bulldogs and Frenchies and stuff like that, they need to be... Um, bred through artificial insemination yep. and they need they need to have c-sections that sounds like a lot of overhead for just producing meat do you think that uh uh Xavier's gonna... that. they just think they're saving this dog from being eaten and it's not it's a pet industry they're buying from a puppy mill just there's a middleman so a lot of rescues have basically become middlemen for either domestic or foreign puppy mills there's a there's a Frenchie rescue here that goes and buys Frenchies at auction for like twelve hundred dollars and then readopts them out for eighteen hundred dollars. Eighteen hundred dollar adoption fee. If, and then you're like, oh my god, I saved my dog from a puppy mill. Look at me, I'm so wonderful. Uh, if Xavier breeds his dog, is he gonna have to jerk his dog off? Um, no, but I mean, uh, Xavier, I don't want to rain on your parade. Um, I just hope that you health test and prove your dog and determine that it is good breeding stock before you decide to do so. That's all I'd like to say, because there is 
responsible breeding and irresponsible breeding, just as long as they're just like there's responsible rescues and irresponsible rescues. Just I, like I said earlier. I'm going to go into our irresponsible rescue over here. Dude, I got so, I'm got. i going to pay someone to trick it off, dude. Okay. There's a guy that does it for a certain price, dude. <laughs> I Mary think he gets. Adam. I think he gets off on it. Low this key. all sounds legit, really. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you meet the this guy? Craigslist. Knocking at your door tomorrow. Uh, uh, I wonder if they make like for the theatrics. Do they make like the Chinese dress in like weird like fucking uh, some weird Star Wars bad guy outfits as they're trying to save the I mean, uh, like Flash Gordon and altered stock photos and like photos from like forever ago and it's like people don't think about the logistics of it it's like well what would be the what would be the point of breeding individual different breeds for meat like yeah. is there do they taste different like there's I don't, I don't, I hate to sound crass, but I mean, it's like the actual, actual, real, real, actual meat dogs are basically feral. They're, they're, not, they're bred, they're bred for, to produce yeah. meat and they don't care about the dog's temperament or they're basically, they're wild animals, basically. And a few of them have been brought over here by shelters and rescues and they usually get returned or euthanized because they're basically wild dogs. dogs. So there are like legit ones, but like, especially they'll say like the Korean meat trade and that's been outlawed since like 2018, I think. So if there's still people still saying that they're getting dogs from the Korean meat trade, that's not a thing anymore. I guess people can still do it like illegally. And I mean, we're getting dogs from Turkey. We're getting dogs from Egypt. We're getting dogs from Puerto Rico. We're getting dogs from all over. We, uh, these rescues are importing one million dogs, a million dogs every year. Just think of how many dogs are euthanized in our shelters every year, which is 670,000 versus the one million dogs being brought in by rescues every year. So why would you go get a dog out of a re out of a shelter, you know, because it peed on the carpet when you can rescue a dog from the Chinese meat trade? You see how it like appeals to the ego and the, the, the yeah. savior complex? That's it's all it's, it's all it's catering to. Lies upon lies upon psyops upon lies upon psyops. Yes, see, there's something conspiratorial. We tied it all Xavier in. Xavier whacking his dog. You saved the day. <laughs> hey, MB, you came. You saw. You dropped the hammer of the gods on us. Thank you so much. If let's say somebody wants to reach out to you, uh, Mary Beth, well, how can they do that? Oh gosh, I don't have. Uh, sorry, I don't have a book or a website or a documentary or anything like that to promote. I'm honestly, I hate this sounds so sad at this point, but I'm just honestly on TikTok. I have a TikTok account and I think that's a really good vehicle to engage with people and, and discuss What's your these types of topics. It's at um, MB, Constante, all one word. So M-B-C-O-N-S-T-A-N-T-E. So constant with an E. Can they still so adopt, can they still adopt a Greyhound from you? Is there any way to adopt a Greyhound? Do you I still have, have connections um, to that? adoption group. Um, has six dogs available. Can I plug my adoption group? Because yeah, of course. Of course rescue man, and no one's making a salary. You'll get um, someone. The the, um, the group that I volunteer for is called GST's Sun State Greyhound Adoption. And so we, even though the tracks in Florida are closed, unfortunately, um, we are still getting dogs from other um, tracks from um, West Virginia and uh, Iowa because we have connections there. So we have, we have some dogs. We just got six from Iowa uh, earlier this week. So... Um, any support, honestly, would just be, um, I would just be so grateful for that. So, I mean, if you don't, that's, that's my channel. I'm not trying to guilt anybody, but, but, um, yeah. So I know I sound like the ASPC commercial right now, like Sarah McLaughlin, you know, well, I'll here's start the, thing. In the arms of the angels. Here's the thing. 
Uh, I would love if you send me links in the email so I can include it in the description of the show. It was a wonderful show. Mary Beth, you came. You dropped the hammer of the dog gods on us. (laughs) We appreciate you. And uh, for someone who hasn't done a lot of these, you were excellent at it. And we thoroughly had a great time. And thank you so much for coming on. And talk oh, it was about my pleasure. Thank you. Very interesting topic. Uh, you met our expectations and more. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Tune in again. I'm going to be in Houston this weekend, but you want to see me uh, some killer shows, Salt Lake and Boise, Idaho next weekend. Those tickets are selling fast. Grab them now and uh, have a great week. We love you guys very much. We go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hack. Tim foil hack.